on Chris Hemsworth. I think he's actually a decent comedic actor. I thought he delivered all of his lines quite well in this. Like, I found him genuinely quite funny. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm muted for the rest of the call. (laughs) I thought he delivered everything really well. I think he's a better comedic actor than he is a serious actor. I'm not sure if you guys have watched his latest film on Netflix, Spiderhead, but I just could not take that seriously. Because to me, this Thor character is now entirely what I see in him, kind of like Ryan Reynolds with Deadpool. That is all mm. I see now. And, okay, he's a funnier actor than Chris Hemsworth is, but I thought Chris Hemsworth plays this goofball, kind of lovable idiot guy pretty well, and he landed most of it. I get what you mean, that it looks like he's acting, and maybe like that takes you out of the mood a little bit. Hello, welcome back to another episode of D54. I'm Amit and I'm today I'm joined by Dennis. Afternoon, evening, good night. <laughs> and I'm joined by Sonny. Hey everyone. Man, we've got the party here for the movie of the year. <laughs> Thor, Love and Thunder. Yeah, so we recently yes. saw this movie, basically me and Dennis, we saw it together in the cinema hall. The first time we're doing a you know live movie watching. Um, and Sunny saw it in Canberra where he is. But look, man, I got to tell you, walking out, I can tell you what mean Dennis felt, and it was not, it was not a positive vibe. I can say that much. So, I guess before we even jump into the movie, um, what was the incoming expectations for this? Because I think that might have shaped some of the things that I felt afterwards. Because if I remember distinctly, Dennis, you saying to me right before the movie, I'm actually nervous coming into this movie <laughs> yeah. rightfully so <laughs> yeah look uh there's you know you can only do movies like ragnarok once and then mm. everything else after that becomes a little bit more like contrived um and in the post like in a in a sort of the interviews with Tycho, um, I think there was one there where he was with Hemsworth and they were talking about the jokes and he's like, yes, I like to take the jokes a little bit further to the point where they're just awkward uh, and keep pushing it and forcing it. Uh, And that that statement stuck in my head because (laughs) that is what um, I expected this entire movie to be it was the joke of ragnarok pushed beyond the point of it being funny anymore Mm. uh deliberately so though which is what pisses me off a lot about this movie um because it was absolutely Mm. intentful um so my expectations were not high i thought at the very least i was going to get some cool visuals right marvel level of production quality, Marvel standard of, you know, cinematography and, you know, CG and choreography and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And you know what? Even the Marvel level of acting, which to be honest at the moment is pretty low in terms of bars comparatively, uh, depending on mm. who you're looking at in a single movie. But uh, so my, my expectations around this movie coming in were not high, but hopeful that it would be something enjoyable at the very least and i am curbing my rage here for just 
the sake of the audience because I'm actually really upset about this movie. Yeah, yeah sorry. No, I, no, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, right there with you, man. Um, definitely something. Before I throw it to you, Sonny. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, man, pretty much on the same boat as you. Just basically I came in with um, – see, I didn't see the Taika stuff, but I had that fear with Taika because he's been – He's been kind of the it man. I don't know for a while. It just sounds like he's has his reputation has been up for some reason. Um, you know, Ragnarok was a big hit, and people were talking about how excited they were for this movie. So, but for me, man, like I expected the Marvel movies to expand the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like that's one thing I expected because they're having this thing Marvel right now. The difference between the shows and the movies. The shows look like they're more developing characters. And storylines individually, whereas the movies are progressing the MCU storyline, like the MCU, you know, um, law, if you want to put, you know, multiverse of madness, uh, Eternals, um, mm. you know, Spider-Man itself opened up the multiverse. Everything seems to be like, you know, big, big, big. So I thought if it's a Thor movie at this point in time, it's a fourth freaking one. So, you know, what else are they going to do with this? But something like this. But yeah, man, that's not what we got out of this at all. <laughs> And that's like one of like the, I don't know, 15, 20, 30 issues I had with this movie, man. Like it was not a very happy, I was not a very happy man after watching this movie, no. man. It was, it, it did some things. I'll get into more detail to hold myself back a little bit for now. So I'll talk to you, Sunny, because I think you're a bit on the other end. I am on the other end, and this is going to be a fun podcast for that reason. <laughs> <laughs> Answering the question of expectations, though, probably two things for me. I really loved Ragnarok. I probably put that in my top three or four Marvel films, maybe even my favorite, just because it was laugh out loud funny, visually pretty amazing, and told a really impactful story as well, or it had a story arc for Thor, I guess. Um, beyond just being a fun character, I guess. So really enjoyed it for that reason and was expecting hopefully more of the same. And the second thing was I read the relevant story or the comic book that God the God Butcher's um, the movie appearance is based on. So I had a bit of that background knowledge and literally have not read any other Marvel comics, but that one by itself blew my mind. So I was wanting to see exactly how they would recreate that in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, firstly, because it's an incredibly dark story. Um, the amount of God butchering in that book is insane. It is incredibly graphic and very, really full on. Like, I wish I could show you some of the panels from it because I wondered how they would ever translate to that to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, given you're trying to go after, you know, a younger audience and be more family friendly. And then secondly, it's probably a story arc for Thor that actually means a great deal. I haven't read any other Thor story arcs, so take that with a grain of salt, but it actually felt like it took the Thor character somewhere um, and actually imbued him with a sense of purpose that he did not have at the start of the comic book series um, where he's essentially just a fun-loving guy who occasionally steps in and saves some city from a monster but then gets drunk and womanizes the rest of the you know, the comic book um, series, whereas it goes on the arc and he actually ends up with quite a moving, like, uh, character arc, I guess. So I was wanting to see how that would all translate and hope to God that they would get that right because I felt like this is a really crucial story arc for Thor. But, yeah, those are my expectations. Fairly high, I guess. Yeah, so, Sonny, you've got some pretty different expectations to us, man. It's, mm. 
Yeah, I can see. I, I, I knew because I've talked to you about Marvel before so much, and you always sort of reference Ragnarok as being one of your favorite ones that you've come across. So I had a suspicion that you would probably like this a little bit more. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, now the, the comic book stuff is interesting. But look, man, sorry to sorry to do this to you, Sonny, but we're just going to go hard <laughs> on these issues. That's fine. That's fine. It's your job to defend them. <laughs> oh, I'm not sure I can defend it, but I'll I'll uh, do it. my rebuttal will be. Oh, but I found it funny, but. Well, let's start with this. Let's start with this. Well, not not the start, but basically, you know, whenever you see these Marvel projects, it's always great to see collaborations, different stars acting together, different heroes coming together. You know, we see Captain America with Iron Man. We see Doctor Strange interacting with Thor. We see Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. So, hey, you got the Guardians with, with, with Thor. What could get any better? You got, you know, two of the, you know, most impactful, biggest names that Marvel have left. And what do they do? They screwed up completely. Oh, I was so angry with this intro, man. Like, as someone that loves the Guardians and everything that they've brought to the MCU, how important they've been to me personally. Just they changed the tide from the MCU being like, you know, yeah, you can do cool movies with Iron Man and Hulk and all that, but can you do something with so unknown guys, and yes, you can. <laughs> so they took these guys, put them in the corner, made them look so weak and, you know, oh, it didn't make any logical sense to me. Um, you have, so the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, they literally took an Infinity Stone from, from Thanos' son or whatever. Then they beat down a planet and they can't fight these dudes here on this 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 random planet with... Out any help from Thor, who does everything? It was pretty frustrating. But what did, what what did you guys think, um, Dennis? You want to go first? What did what did you think about? <laughs> uh, yeah. Look, uh, first of all, thanks for letting me go first. But uh, I don't always uh, <laughs> want to go first because uh, I feel bad for Sunny having to to come in <laughs> on the back foot every time. So. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's, right. it's fine it's fine yeah so first of all there's a lot of editing issues with this movie a lot of editing issues mm-hmm. with this movie all right um and there's one thing i noticed uh that was really obvious was they didn't cut a scene early enough and there was a shot where chris pratt like literally looked off and to the left of the camera as if to say like what the fuck was that do you know what i mean like what the hell did i just <laughs> have to do uh and it was out of context, and it was it was funny because I spotted it. And uh, uh, those guys did not look; none of them looked like they wanted to be a part of that movie. All right, they none of them brought no. any energy to their roles at all. Uh, and I think there was not just a symbolic like, "Yes, we're done with Thor," but yeah, we're kind of done with this movie when they pissed like when they they got off the like the the fact that they were all shitty and wanted to get on their their, their spacecraft and fly away. That would that felt actually more real than just acting. Like that was like they just they, they were happy to shoot their final scenes and get the hell out of there. <laughs> because what what a way, and you're right, I mean, what a way. So Guardians uh was probably the first successful uh non-mainstream Marvel comic to make it big as a mm. movie, right? They brought it in. Everyone's like, what the fuck is Guardians of the Galaxy? I knew of them. I've read some of their stuff. I kind of understood who the characters were. But I was like, yeah, um, 
why make a movie of this? How does this fit into the Marvel Universe, right? Not unless they're going to bring in, you know, Thanos. And, like, we're all excited about Thanos because they were teasing Thanos. And Thanos was like, oh, okay, Thanos, yeah. it's got to be Thanos because Guardians are here. And, wow, that's fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, and that's what I miss about the Marvel movies is, like, you watch the end, you're like, what's that? What's, what's next? What's what? next? Yeah, yeah. Who's that? You know what I mean? Like, what the hell's going on? And, and yeah. you're, like, you're excited by the next round or what movies to come. Oh, that's long gone. Um, so <laughs> when Guardians came in, uh, it was it was it was it was a breath of fresh air. And the I'm sorry to say this, but Guardians just felt like more like a fart in this movie. It was just like mm. Uh, mm. an uh, unexpressive, sour kind of lingering <laughs> experience that just you just wanted to get out of there like for their sake really more than anything else yeah. but I, I i had by the halfway through the movie i like literally halfway through the movie i'd forgotten that they were even in the movie yeah i like that whole opening scene had completely gone from my mind with the guardians and um uh i just i was just it was just cringe as far as i was concerned like with them all they did was standing around uh and that scene that scene where they're they're taking fire, they're hiding behind rocks. It's like they're all desperate, and they're like, oh, 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 yeah, they're fighting hard. And then, then once again, you've got a disinterested Thor who just comes in and just like does a stupid back spinning kick and like a split jump and saves the day. Oh, and like they're taking heavy oh. fire, and then all of a sudden the king walks up with his entourage. All right, is there really that much danger? You're just making the Guardians look like a bunch of idiots, incompetent mm. assholes, because they haven't been able to move forward, all right? But here's the king standing <laughs> with his entourage. Here's Thor standing up on a rock talking to him. Is there any real danger? Obviously not, because the king's mm. happy to stand there. But look at the Guardians. They're all just carrying behind rocks, yep. and they're taking fire, and, it. and it's made them look stupid uh, and incompetent and completely irrelevant and unnecessary. Uh, um, I don't even yeah. think um, I don't even think like they got many more like much more than one or two lines each in the entire movie. Anyway, no. I didn't even. No. Yeah, I didn't. Some of them might not even had have had lines. No, nah. nah. so no, but the, the, the level of predictability where it's like this is our most sacred. Yeah, okay, he's going to smash it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right, yeah. sure, right, he's going to smash it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it Definitely. was just like, you know, step one, two, step one, two. We well, we know this routine. We've done this dance before. Like, we know where it's going to go. We know what's going to happen. This is like, okay. Yeah. So, and then he rips off his poncho and he's got like a 1980s cock rock kind of outfit. You know, sure, funny, ha-ha, cool. But after the opening scene, which we're not even going to we'll talk about, I guess, when we get to, to that bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I'm like, hang on a second. Like, what? What the hell is this? Because you had me with the opening scene. I was, I was like, wow, this is this really going to be the kind of movie that I think it is? Like this, that was a really good opening scene. And now I'm getting this, like, stupid, another stupid, like, 1980s <laughs> cock rock song, uh, a yeah. back spinning kick. Uh, 
like what the fuck was going on sorry spoilers and swearing like uh, for yeah you, this is what, what be... the fuck was going on with that split kick like seriously like <laughs> that was ridiculous what, yeah but it what it did was it's just like hey we're going to set you up we're going to give you a real serious moment and there's nothing that hits me in the gut harder than any kind of scenario where it's like dad and daughter right like that's you know, you, I can't watch Interstellar again because of that. We've had conversations where, you know, these kind of situations, like, because they mean something to me as a dad. Uh, and I'm like, wow, okay, this is going to be something that's going to have some meaning to this movie. And it's just like completely just like, not actually going to just be fucking stupid again. Sorry. Uh, yeah. We're going to make every scene a joke. Every statement is a joke. Every comment is a joke. Not only that. It's a joke building on a joke building on a joke building on a joke building on a joke, and it's just yeah, exhausting, you know. So probably about the first into the first act, I was just fucking exhausted with all the humor because it was just not funny, you know. Um, and uh, yeah, and uh, I probably would have enjoyed it more if, like, I knew with the name Love and Thunder that it was not it was going to be stupid, right? Mm-hmm. So it's right. Shame on me for expecting more. But the, the opening scene gave me the hope, right, that it was going to be something more, more meaningful than what it than what it was. But then I was like, yeah. I did. So I did stop taking yeah, breath because yeah. I'm like, I'm I'm going <laughs> it up by it. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah. It's um before I, before I throw it to you, Sunny, just before. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, because I do want to talk about that intro scene as well. I did really. Mm. This is the thing about this movie. I realized what this movie was, right? Maybe five minutes into this, because what happens is that start scene was really great, you know, you know, Christian Bale, and we'll talk about him more, probably one of the, you know, shining lights in this movie. But, you know, we saw him and how great that sort of intro scene was. But then as soon as it went to the God in that mirage, I was like, I know what's happening here because he, Christian yeah. Bale was playing this really serious, like, you know, down to earth, like he's just been devastated. You know, that is something that you'd see in some of the other Marvel projects, to be honest. And we'll talk about it. We'll, we'll talk about it a little bit more with Gore later on. Mm. But essentially, the god, he was like a theater performer. Like, it was, it was like, it was like a cartoon. Like, you know, and I realized, okay, you're snapping, you're snapping everything out and this is not working. And since, and from that moment, it just went downhill. And that was within like five minutes of the movie, man. Um, the split kick, I think Dennis, we talked about it. That was one of the moments to walk out. I actually have a list of walkout moments. So I'm going to list my first no. one right here. One thing I, cannot stand and i think you noticed this when i was watching it with you dennis story time exposition oh. don't talk to me don't, don't talk to me like i'm a freaking two-year-old man yep. hello kids uh. let me tell you a story about thor i lost my shit when that happened man i was like yep. so 12 years in like what 10 appearances in the mcu We've, we've seen more of thor than any other character in the entire mcu we've seen his journey and now you want to tell me what this guy's story is, give me a break, man. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, was, it did not work for me. I've got, um, I've got some comments around Korg. Uh, it's not on the agenda, but I'll, I'll find a slot for it later on. But I think, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, in yeah. all fairness, we should probably give Sonny a chance to, uh, to have his comments on the Guardians. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I'd probably agree on the Guardians part. They were extremely underutilized, and it made me question why it was that they set up in the previous movie Thor going with them. Like, did the plan change at some point? Was James Gunn getting kicked off a project and then put back in problematic? Because 
it didn't need to happen that way. Thor mm. could have just gone on his own adventure and found himself and done his meditations and all. But yep. it made me think maybe exactly. something had to have changed in that project. And uh, look, they didn't have anything to do. And I think my only issue, I thought it was pretty funny, but my issue was it might be misleading to audiences who think that the Guardians are in this movie because they're really not except for those five minutes. Mm. And if you went in expecting a Guardians movie, if you saw the trailers and expected Guardians film, a Guardian movie, then you would be extremely disappointed. I didn't mind it so much because I thought, okay, this is a Thor film. We are clearing the space for Thor and his love interest and all of that. Yeah. Even Valkyrie takes a backseat here. And I'm okay with that. And so it wasn't a huge issue to me, but mm. it, it, it seemed extremely underutilized. And I would have to agree that those characters did not seem like they had very much to do and were probably given a bit of a disservice. But probably not a huge issue for me, but I think it could be very misleading for people going in and thinking this is a Guardians film or a yeah. collab. Yes. No, so definitely with the um, the marketing and everything like that, like they were yeah. prominent in the marketing. The like one trailer the I saw. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. They were 100% in like three quarters definitely. of the trailer or made to look yeah. like a big yeah. part of it. And I mean... Taika likes to deceive with the trailers though. He does. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah it's all and Marvel of Yeah. Yeah. Marvel I think does, Marvel yeah. does as well. Like yeah. they have scenes and trailers that aren't in the actual movies themselves. So it's yep. probably not new. But in this one, I feel like you are, it's kind of deceptive in a way because people might have not seen them. Yeah. So aside from making them look really meek, which is just, you know, which I didn't like at all because you're kind of destroying legacies at this point. And this movie does a good job of destroying legacies, as we'll talk about later on, which I found um, with a few other issues in this movie. But you essentially, you have, you know, people that were important to basically in the Infinity Saga and you've made them look basically like, like nothing. So I want to see how they come back. The also other thing is like the Guardians have really cool, like, you know, fight scenes when they fight together. So that chemistry is always really good between them. Like that's what they're known for. So you miss an opportunity there to be like, hey, I have a burning question. Yeah. Go for it. I, I have a burning question. The Guardians are obviously very competent warriors and their very name guardians of the galaxy kind of lead them to be the right people to help fight against gore also they're not gods so they're under no threat from him why were they not utilized the whole movie i think chris papp's character is a god right he's a part god but yeah they could have been used Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. Yes, they could have been yes, utilized yes. and would have been a fun team. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah. so no, no. So, but, but what I was thinking of, if you wanted to introduce them into this movie, what you could do in the smart way is be like, because one, personally, I think Thor has zero character development in this movie. It's very, very small. Like, you know, he's still the arrogant. The first montage of five minutes, mate. <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty much. <laughs> but essentially, <laughs> But by the end of it, he's still working by himself. He doesn't know how to accept help. He doesn't, you know, he gets help from Jane and who come and insert themselves and still yeah, I'll talk about another scene. Yeah, yeah. he's still good for, but what they could have done is, you know, at the point where you need some help, hey, I don't know who can help me. Then your guardian music starts playing, you see Chris Pratt flying through, and you see them coming, you're like, Whoa, they're here. This is what I want. Mm. That's how you get a character in, and that's how you build it into the story. But no, we're just gonna chuck them in and make them look stupid and use them in marketing material. And that's yep. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
But yeah, we should probably move on from talking about diamonds because this whole podcast will become that. One more point, go for it, man. <laughs> okay, one, one more point, one more point. Um, uh, I've got, uh, like, there's nothing wrong with starting the movie with him already separated and have a little bit of exposition around Yeah, he's on a journey of self-discovery, right? He's finding himself, he's getting back in shape, he's meditating under a tree. Cool. Needs help. Calls a, calls a guy yeah. with him, right? Better way to do it, not the opposite, not 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 just an opposite. It was a jumbled mess, like an absolute jumbled mess of what they tried to do there. Um, yeah, no, they really hit. They really missed the mark. Yeah, no, no, we'll move on. We'll move the pace on because yeah, this could become like a four-hour podcast if not. Um, but <laughs> um, let's talk about a little bit about so obviously the other big you know stuff that we saw in the trailers that this whole movie is about. Two thoughts, you know, Natalie Portman, welcome to the fold. Welcome back to the fold. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you are now not just Dr. Jane Foster. You are now Lady Thor or I don't Mighty know, Thor. I mean, the, the Mighty Thor. Yeah, the Mighty Thor. Um, this to me, yeah, I could rant on this one for quite a bit, but I'll take it on one. I'll take it on one angle and I'll let you guys speak on other ones. But so Thor, goofball. You know, we've established that. He's not serious in this movie. He's a joke. Um, so you can let the Portman come in. Why do you have to make her a comedian as well? And this is the issue I have with this movie overall. Is And it touches on other things which you guys can also explore and talk about a little bit. But they made they try to make a comedy without comedians. This is one of the issues I have with this movie. It's no one is a straight-up comedian. Like Chris Hemsworth, you know, God, God, you know, God bless our fellow Aussie mate, but... Seriously, um, yeah, comedy is not your thing, man. Like, I think it worked in Ragnarok because of the people around you, like around Chris. You know, he's bouncing off the Hulk, who's crazy in that movie. It's, it's it's not Mark Ruffalo; it's a Hulk. You know, so he's funny in itself. So you get that interaction, which is funny. You have a cameo from um, Goblin. Um, you know, he's just funny and charismatic in himself. So seeing him for even a small amount of time is going to be good because he's great. You got Loki coming in in that movie, right? He's not a comedian in that movie, but he's such a varied actor um, that you can basically do that. So I'll check it on to, yeah, I don't want to talk about Ava too much and this too much. So I'll check it on to you signing this time first before we, um, <laughs> <laughs> before we uh, check it on to Dennis as well. So two thoughts um, Jane Foster, Natalie Portman. Yeah, interesting choice to make her feel fairly goofy as well. I thought it was okay because if she had just played it as a straight dramatic actor, I think she would have like not fit the mold of that movie very well and their banter would have looked a bit one-sided or that Chris Hemsworth was getting all the best lines and she was just kind of there responding to his goofiness and therefore it would diminish her character a little bit maybe. Whereas the fact that she's kind of trying to be funny, you know, trying to think of a catchphrase herself, is nervous, says silly things, I don't know makes her a real character in this for me rather than just a springboard for Chris Hemsworth being a real Mm. goofball throughout the film. So I appreciated the fact that she was kind of funny while still being quite intelligent. Um, On Chris Hemsworth, I think he's actually a decent comedic actor. I thought he delivered all of his lines quite well in this. Like, I found him generally quite funny. (laughs) (laughs) And we're out. I'm muted for the rest of the call. (laughs) I thought he delivered everything really well. I think he's a better comedic actor than he is a serious actor. I'm not sure if you guys have watched his latest film on Netflix, Spiderhead, but I just could not take that seriously. 
Because to me, this Thor character is now entirely what I see in him, kind of like Ryan Reynolds with Deadpool. That is all I see now. And, okay, he's a funnier actor than Chris Hemsworth is, but I thought Chris Hemsworth plays this goofball, kind of lovable idiot guy pretty well, and he landed most of it. I get what you mean, that it looks like he's acting, and maybe like that takes you out of the mood a little bit. But for me, I thought he was genuinely quite funny in this and they just amped it up maybe to a level that is not going to be enjoyable for a lot of people. And the same jokes kept recurring throughout the film, which could be very tiresome, especially if you don't find it funny the first time. But I thought it was, I thought Chris Hemsworth did a decent job and Natalie Portman, I think, had a decent role in this where she wasn't just a love interest, which I thought was pretty important. Hmm. Interesting. Dennis, take it away, man. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I, I'm in two minds with the uh, – I do, I do concur with you a lot, Sonny, in, in her character. Like she's still trying to figure herself out and, you know, come up with, um, you know, a line and, and things like that. And that, that – um, I didn't mind. I didn't mind that, right? And I thought, I think, I thought some of that was okay. Um, but when I put it into contrast with the fact that she's dying with cancer, mm. I felt mm. that it was like, at what point did she think that it, she was going to last long enough to make a catchphrase stick? Do you know what I mean? In the back of her mind. So to me, there was uh, her uh, tone as Thor did not match the reality of her situation, which was far more dire and severe and short-lived, yeah, for want of a better word. Um, mm. And uh, I didn't see the correlation between those two. You know, it's an alter ego, sure, right? And it may, being Thor, may intrinsically drive her to behave like that because that's what Thor is, do you know what I mean? Mm. And if we take that thought then all of chris hemsworth's uh you know all of his thor's behavior is fully and utterly kind of excusable because being thor meant means that you're an absolute goofball right right (laughs) you know um and that i guess is also excusable in the fact that you know uh historically thor wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed he was the hammer in the shed and was used as a big gun with brute force like he was he was a weapon used with direction and force he wasn't there for his intelligence that was always loki or you know odin or you know the plethora of other gods around him um uh and i'm like okay if you're going to make him like law accurate give him red hair but i won't go down that path um <laughs> but you know the thor in the comics though is not goofy he's stoic he's strong he's intelligent right and he's kind and he's self-sacrificing right um he kills himself to 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 change the world clock to stop yggdrasil from bringing on ragnarok do you know what i mean these kind of things are are very self-serving but he did it in a very stoic manner he didn't tell anyone about it he didn't make a big thing of it there was no gags or goofs around it he just did it right so the thor that i remember in the comics you know was like to have a drink like to have revelry and party because they were vikings and that's what they did 
the first ever picture of Thor that I ever saw was him holding up a table covered in all his brethren and a couple of horses with one hand, with the other hand had a massive like jug of ale, you know what I mean? It was in Odin's Hall. Um, and that was the, in that comic, uh, you know, that was the comic where Odin noticed that in the halls of Valhalla there was a small crack in one of the ceiling panels, which was the beginning of the demise of like, the gods, um, uh, you know, so Thor for me isn't a goofball in terms of Marvel, um, uh, mm. the Marvel portrayal. So that's why I've got a big problem with Chris Hemsworth's character. Like why can't they just make him, right? Because I would say that bringing him in as more like a Drax character where he is, like he doesn't get the humor, right? Because he's very serious all the time. Being very serious in a funny situation can also be very funny. Also you know what I mean? Yeah. Right? Where he just doesn't that's, get what's going what makes, on. Yeah, that's what makes Drax funny, right? Yeah, that's right. He doesn't get it. He doesn't, he doesn't get it. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Um, uh, so when you juxtapose characters against each other, right, you get a dynamic right um yeah. that get that, that that sort of can carry you through when every character is a goofball when every every character is dropping jokes and pushing lines and yeah. turning you know, lightning you know trying to do something silly it's just like okay right like you, mm. you lose the reason why guardians was so good because you've got like a guy who thinks more of himself than he actually is and he's very serious about the fact that he thinks he's more the, but the truth is, the irony is, he actually is Star Lord, but he doesn't mm. realize that he is until later on. You've got a big guy who just doesn't get a damn thing, but also is very serious about that. Um, then you've got Groot, who just says, I am Groot. And what he says is probably very funny, but we don't understand. Uh, then you've got a little raccoon dude, and you're like, dark backstory, really dark backstory. Mm -hmm. But when you play, him and Groot together, you get comedy. When you play Drax and Star-Lord together, you get comedy, right? Um, when you yeah. play them all together, you get comedy. Then chuck in a serious assassin and a half-droid half assassin and the daughter of Daughters of Thanos and, like, you know, am I missing a character? Maybe I'm not. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, you, you've, got, you've got a dynamic group, right? Um, the scene where you've got Thor and Hulk, right? Where Thor thinks he's like, you know, thought he'd done more to bring down one of the, and, and Hulk just punches him off screen. Funny, right? Like, it's, it's just like they've got a dynamic. This movie, there's no dynamicism between any of the characters. They are all playing on the same level and they're all delivering the same thing. And it's just, it got boring like really quickly in that regard. So when I'm talking, I'll come back to the two Thors. There was no dynamic between the two of them that were exactly the same thing all they got was just a gender swap which i'm not i'm not bringing in gender politics into this court into this, this conversation. <laughs> not at all i got no issue with a female thor i think if you are worthy to wield the hammer you can wield the hammer mm. does having cancer make you worthy sorry i don't think so like i don't think that's a worthwhile enough cause no. right it's did a they, whole other topic <laughs> yeah right did they um but they could have they could have made her far more serious 
um, and it could have it could have played off the jokes a little bit because it's like he's he's being a goofball and he doesn't get anything and he's acting like an idiot and she's just being yeah. very serious about it do you know what i mean the amount of times i've been a joke to my wife and she's looked me deadpan in the face and i realized that's <laughs> really wrong and want to get the hell out of there right that's a real legit like thing the, you mm. could have just played off the whole movie that would have been funny to watch his awkwardness because it's it's yeah just, you know you know a little ignorance but yeah um I, I i disagree with how she became thor Mm. I disagreed with the ultimate portrayal of her Thor, and I disagree with the um, uh, the lightheartedness that they gave her situation in the end. You know, because cancer very is a very serious thing, and I don't like the fact that they joked, they made a joke of that in the end. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That that's what I ultimately had a problem with. It's like, cool, make a joke about things, fine, but cancer's serious. Don't fuck around with that. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. You bring up like. Some really good points, man. Um, mm-hmm. That that Mijolnia point, I'll talk about it in its own, I think, because that deserves its own sort of yeah, section. Yeah. But yeah, man, the point, the thing that baffles me, there's two things running through my head right now, is why mm-hmm. did you have to choose to make this movie your comedy, right? Like you have the Guardians of the Galaxy, which break, which broke the mold of being like, this is actually funny because yeah. you have Chris Pratt, who's a comedian, <laughs> you know, like he's actually somebody that is come yeah, that's you know, he was a past recreation. His whole background is basically, you know, goofball comedian. He's a man child, basically, and that's what yes. he plays. Um, then you basically have, you know, Batista, who's a wrestler, <laughs> you know, so acting is not his biggest strength, but he can, you know, be very calm and stoic and, you know, pretend like he doesn't know what's going on. He's mm. and then he excelled in that role. You're so right about the whole um there's no there's no dynamicness in any of this group. You extend that beyond just Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth. Tessa Thompson is a is a comedian in this. Like, yes. you know, Taika Waititi has to be a comedian as well. Like, why is everyone has to be joking around all the time? Like, Russell Crowe deserves his own segment and we'll talk about him. But, oh, my <laughs> God, that was something else. <laughs> but he's a, he's a comedian. Every single person has to be the comedian and it all has to be the same slapstick, sarcastic, stupid um, you know, the, the ham is a comedian, the axe is a comedian. Like, you, like at, at some point you're like, I, I, I get it. This is too much. I'm over this stupid comedy. Um, yeah. That's the part that got me. And the thing that baffles me is you're Marvel. You've done this. You know how this works. Why have you forgotten everything that's worked for you? Like, yeah. so many movies now. Like, you know, you've, I just mentioned, um, what you call it? Uh, Guardians. You've also got Ant-Man, right? Paul Rudd is a comedian. You put him with... Um, you know, Hank Pym, you put him with other people that aren't funny and you have something funny because he is good enough to carry the comedy by himself. That's Sonny, right. I know you didn't mind Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> but I think you're prob I can't imagine even 50% of people would consider him a genuine comedian or someone that can carry a comedy, um, you know. But he's so, one of the more beloved Avengers, right? Like he is, he, people sorry, love the I, ca- They wouldn't make a fourth movie if they didn't think he was going to. no. I think the character is good. His portrayal, like like we talked about that split scene, and I think I mentioned it mm. to you, Dennis, yeah, after yeah, the yeah. movie. Yeah. If you put Chris Pratt in that position, you, it, I think it could work because he would do something like fall over and he'll hit him or something like that. Or uh, yeah, yeah. He'll have some yeah. crazy reaction or and he could pull it off. Whereas Chris Hemsworth just, he's also too big. He's like, yeah. just, he's like trying to. It's like Arnie B. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> like the reason why someone like The Rock has a, has a, has a success is because he knows how to be funny in his own domain. He yes. doesn't 
you know, the rock doesn't try to become like Chris Rock or something like that, like stand up comedy. Uh, you know, he knows how to be funny with what works for him. Mm. So yeah, that's, you know, all my issues with Thor's and the comedy, it just did not mesh yeah. all that well for me. My, my, um, my thoughts on the comedy, if I could jump in quickly, mate, was yeah, yeah. Look, you, Chris Hemsworth, the way he's behaving, I've seen it. I've seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. Like, I grew up in like Bogan Aussie backyard parties. I've seen yeah. it. Like, he's playing a dumb jock, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, drunk mode, yeah. It's, it's just Ocker Bogan shit, right? Like that's that's all it is. And um, yeah. and you can see with the, the references that Tyker brings into even Ragnarok, like there's the Commodore and he, they use a lot of us like uh, local Australian and New Zealand colloquial terms, right? Um, you know, uh it, it's it's almost as if the brief is just act like you're drunk in the backyard in a backyard party, right? That that's 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 literally <laughs> how his behaviour is. But you've got to give it to Chris Hemsworth because he's he, he, get, yeah. he gets in there and he has a go, right? Like for all for everything else, he's happy to put his put himself out there in this way, and he doesn't seem to mind it. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, no. For all I, his I, stuff, I definitely right? agree with that. Um, and he's, yeah. at least he's at least he's consistent with the way he plays Thor through the whole of movies, right? And you got to give him give him that. But um, my my problem is not with so much with Chris Chris Hemsworth, and though his delivery is not great, right? You can see where he's coming from with it. The problem I have is Tyker doing this to a movie that could have been potentially awesome. Um, mm. There was a lot of really yeah. great themes in there. It didn't have to be a comedy if he had not have turned this into a comedy if he had have kept the comedic elements in there but allowed the seriousness of this movie to really sort of settle in it would have been fucking awesome it would have been really awesome of a movie and there's so much potential there yeah. that that's what pisses me off so i have a i have an issue with the comedy itself not mm-hmm. not uh not the not what was said so much or how it was delivered the fact that it was turned into a comedy, I have a big problem with. Yeah. Um, so what? I'm, sorry, I do want to pass it to you, man. Sorry, I think no, 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 no. Sorry, I'm not just going to agree with that. No. <laughs> There's um one thing I wanted to. I don't. I don't know if you've seen Doctor Strange tennis or not, but not one yet. thing. One thing that worked well, and I think sorry, we we sort of reviewed that one mm-hmm. recently. Sam Raimi as a director has the ability to mesh genres together really well. That's one of his strengths. That's what he can do really well. Takwatiti, not the same. It, it did not work. He didn't know how to mesh dramatic with comedy, with serious, mm-hmm. with horror, with children, with family. It it just seemed like it was all it was all, all over the place. And that's what I felt from the very first scene, right? You have something dramatic happen, then you mm-hmm. turn it into a comedy. Later we see horror, then turning into a kid's comedy. Um, we have slapstick in between. We have drama. We have Russell Crowe doing whatever he's doing. Um, it's, I love it's, your issue like, with Buster Crow, mate. It's, it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, wait till we get to that. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, like that's the thing. Like it just did not mesh that well, and that's one point that I had thinking about. Mm. It's like he's not. Not many directors can do that really well, and Sam Raimi is someone that could do that, and that's why I didn't mind that movie all that much because he can go from horror to putting a little bit of comedy in the right way to then shift off the drama and action. You can do mm. it, but not many directors can do that. And Taika definitely 
Mm. Cannot. Ragnarok doesn't do that. It's basically a comedy straight up. This one was more mm. ambitious in what they were trying to do, and it fell flat. But yeah, man, Sonny, go for whatever you want to say no, about the comedy, and you can mm. talk about whatever else you want. <laughs> no, no, I will all agree with the fact that I think the tone of this movie was really jumbled up, I think, because you had mm. two really grand themes. One is, what are the purpose of the gods? Are they good people or are they bad? And that is a serious topic because it gets to the heart of who Thor is and what his role in the universe is, right? And then secondly, you had the Natalie Portman with the cancer situation and Gore's incredibly, like, intense portrayal as this evil, maniacal person. And that, yeah, I agree that that did not mash very well with this desire to be comedic. And so you wonder if they could have given this movie a more comedic plot rather than tackle this really heavy stuff. Um, and so yeah, I, I think the tone of this, everything had to be a comedy in this and maybe they needed to, the brief they got was this is the story and Taika was like, this isn't going to work so everything has to be funny here because I, yeah. I don't know how they would have made this not a comedy given it was Taika involved and the plot they were given. Mm. Also part of the brief, he's got to say brew, 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 every, brew. After every line, right? Because yeah, yeah, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah, what New Zealanders, yeah. that's how New Zealanders talk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the one thing I find decent about this is they obviously dialed up the comedy a hundred notches from Ragnarok and any other Marvel film, but at least they didn't play it safe with the same old Marvel kind of script of, you know, like generic plot where everything is just like perfectly calibrated. This was uncomfortable at times. It did go a little bit far, but I almost found that refreshing at times because it was doing things that normal Marvel films weren't doing. And it was just dialing it up beyond a level that was kind of standard, I guess. Yeah. And so in that way, it mm. felt a little less formulaic than all the other Marvel films, which tried and true, they're all, you know, all solid eight out of tens or whatever. But this one, I felt like it was a little bit refreshing that they just kind of went all in on something. And if the jokes mm. didn't land for you, I think that that is going to detract yeah. hugely. I mean, I was watching this and I know people will hate the goats. They'll hate the love triangle with Milnir and Stormbreaker. Um, they'll hate, you know, See, the, the God scene and Russell yeah. Crowe. I, I laughed at every one of those. Like I laughed out loud. Oh, wow. it, okay. And I was watching it with a friend and we were looking at each other and laughing together. And that hasn't happened to me in recent times. I don't know what the audience view was in where you watched it. I don't think it all perfectly landed <laughs> the audience that I was watching it with. But it landed for me, and I think the the humor was my type of humor, and it worked just about every time. Maybe it went, did some of those jokes a little too many times, like Thor scratching the hammer as he's driving the boat. That that maybe was a bit much, and throwing you know hmm. beer over it. But I thought it was hilarious where he's looking at doing a monologue with um, eyeing off Milnir, and then the other axe comes around slowly behind him and just like. Yeah, appears in front of him. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, I didn't I mind that. Goat, I didn't mind, yeah. didn't mind that, right? I thought yeah. the goats, which I know people might hate, but their chaotic energy was just hilarious where they smash into that planet and you just hear the smashing and you're so far away, but you still hear their bleating and screaming. I thought that was like laugh out loud funny. And then when they get caught up in the bio, the Bifrost as well and they're still screaming as they're being whipped into another dimension, I thought that was all fairly mm. hilarious it might have worn on people but i've laughed out loud just about yeah. every time so look, i yeah. think if the comedy if that wasn't your type of comedy this would be an extremely painful watch 
Um, but I, I thought it was pretty hilarious at times. Whether it went too far, fair enough. But yeah, thought it had some. Moments. Yeah, I mean that's a comedies are risky like that, right? Um, yeah, you can sort of have that risk. But man, we will move on a little bit. Um, Sunny, you know, we'll talk a little bit about because I want to talk about this um, Majolnia a little bit because I had some issues with this and. The whole, I think you mentioned it, Dennis, before, the, you know, having cancer qualifies you to have the hammer. Mm -hmm. I don't want to speak about it too much, man. I'll let you take the floor first, um, take the first floor first, uh, Sunny, if you want. Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because um, I, I, I don't want to see the conversation towards our bias all the time. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I agree. That didn't make any sense. This wasn't from the God of God Butcher series, so I'm not exactly oh, okay. sure what it was that made her worthy. I don't know if it was her having cancer that made her worthy or that just that she was a good person and Earth needed a hero because Thor was off saving the planet or doing other things with Guardians of the Galaxy and Milnia was there. Um, and it could, although it didn't save her from the cancer though, which was odd, it was her sacrificing herself by wielding it to support saving Earth or the other gods or whatever. So look, it mm. wasn't perfectly well explained um, I didn't really understand it a whole lot and I thought it was ironic that it actually ended up killing her rather than saving her, but it, it wasn't sort of a huge issue for me. I thought it was just a device to get her to get her in the, in the, um, in the costume and working with Thor and having two Thors fighting together against this insanely powerful God Butcher character. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll just take the floor, Dennis, before I talk about <laughs> my own speech about this. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what made her uh, uh, worthy either. Uh, I would say that the issue that I have, and, and look, I thought, I thought the the semi sentience of the, you know, um, what's it called? The is it storm bringer. Stormbreaker. Stormbreaker. You know, that playing off was 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 funny, right? And and you know, and and it kind of added a bit of um sentience to the things that, that didn't otherwise exist. I have a burning question that I've been thinking about for the last couple of days. If Mjolnir could reforge itself, why did Thor have to go to the center of a dying star to forge another one? Bad point. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> that is a good point. No, there's, there's, that's a, that's a, unexplained. I have no idea. That's a really good point. Yeah. I'm like, um, there's a couple. Yeah. yeah. Why? Like, why? No. Uh, there's a couple of things like that, man. <laughs> um, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Uh, uh, yeah. So there, there are a few things that are, are bugging me like that. Um, like, why didn't yeah. Thanos go to eternity to go? You know. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, the the other thing is, if Stormbreaker was the only thing that could open it, but Stormbreaker was only made just recently, how could eternity? <laughs> in there for eternity. Yeah. Have a gate that can only be opened by something that was made probably in the last couple of years. Just saying. Yep. Doesn't quite make yep, sense yep. there no, as no, far no, as yeah. I'm concerned. Yeah, I didn't mean, No, I didn't think about that one. But there's there's a lot of stuff like that which I'm thinking about. So my 
my major issue with this hammer, Majon, um, yeah. is basically one of my favorite scenes in Endgame. You know, you probably know what I'm talking about. Oh, basically, yeah. you know, yeah. Captain yeah. America, you know, that scene, I can recite it because it's so good. It's Thor, Amazing. Iron Man, Captain America fighting off against Thanos. Thanos Iconic. destroys Iron Man, destroys Thor. Captain America, the guy that doesn't have any superpowers, he's just a strong dude with a shield. He's fighting him and, you know, taking all he can do and he's actually getting there. And then, and then basically after that, go Dennis. <laughs> Why wasn't Chris Hemsworth called up as the worthy Which- one to reforge the hammer and become the next <laughs> Thor to help the other Thor again. save the galaxy against Gore, which is Gore, Gore, Thor. <laughs> More, please? Don't know. Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> no, that whole, that whole thing is very confusing. You brought up a point which I don't think anyone thought of. <laughs> but essentially, getting back to the point about Endgame, basically. Sorry, you know, yeah. So you have this... Nah, it's all good, man. Um, this epic scene where, you know, this guy who we've seen over a decade or everything he's done, sacrifice, you know, been the leader. On top of that, we see in the side of Endgame, five years he's been dealing with this trauma of losing everybody and taking all the responsibility. He is the worthy one. He's a human who has transcended beyond human status because of what he's done. Of his and kept his integrity and, along the way. And kept his integrity. Yeah, yeah. everything he yeah. said, you know, no, you know, no soldier behind. We see that all the way through, right? Like at the point they could have sacrificed Vision um, and been done with, you know, the um, mindstone or whatever it was. But he's like, no, we don't, we don't sacrifice. We don't trade soldiers for soldiers or whatever. It's stuff that's, you know, beautiful. And so when he gets a hammer, it's like such a huge moment because we're like, wow, this is awesome. So when you do that and in a couple of years down the line, you have somebody that has cancer. I'm not going to just try to just, you know, I don't want to say anything bad about cancer, but we don't know this lady's journey. We don't know what she's been through. And she opens a book at stage four cancer, by the way. So she's been having this for a while. And all of a sudden now it's, it's calling you um, to not heal cancer either, to just sort of be there for Thor. Is, that's probably my biggest issue. Would she even legally be allowed to travel out of the country? Mm-hmm. She would. They would not let her get an airplane ticket through stage <laughs> yeah. four cancer. She would. Probably not be able to move around that much. She'd be in so much pain. Um, yeah. Let alone yet, turn up on the shores of somewhere. New Asgard. With an, New Asgard. Yeah. And just with no no training, no 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 background in fighting, just be able to build a oh. hammer and just yeah, fall to do it. Yeah. Yep. And it's yeah, didn't 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 really work for me. But uh, no, it sounds like Sunny, you're on the most of the same page about this point. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. 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 No, it didn't make, didn't make too much sense. And yeah, as I said, you know, so I really don't like movies that destroy legacies and this sort of does in two ways. I talked about the guardians, like, you know, you shouldn't be doing stuff where I look back on and being like, Oh, wait a second. So now Captain America's great feat. I can't see that in the same eyes anymore because I think probably can just get it, <laughs> you know? Yep. And if that's the case, why didn't just anybody else just get it? Just give it to anybody. Um, and then that would have been handy. Right. But, um, I'll touch on my favorite topic a little bit. You know, I want to get your takes on it too, but Russell Crowe's cameo in this movie. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. But wait, that, that accent, my God. You know, my that? Kiwi brother. My Kiwi brother <laughs> doing a Greek slash Italian slash Mediterranean accent. 
I was so thrown off by this scene. The second he's on the screen, um, you know, I think he says the word orgy about five times in three minutes or something like that. This how many, over and over. How many 10 to 15-year-old kids are going to come home yep. and Google that shit? Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is a family-friendly movie, right? This is, I don't this know how I got the past that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I don't know. It happened all that time. It's, but man, that scene. So I want to ask you, Sonny, because you seem to like the comedy in this bit. So you really yeah, have yeah, completely yeah. different views on this. I think. Yeah, yeah. That scene fell flat for me completely. It was yeah. too over. The, it was too over the Agreed. top. Muscle Crow cannot pull that off. I'm sorry. Like I don't know who. Maybe Jim Carrey. Like you need like a really good actor to do something like that. Who's you know invested in it fully, but. The accent was weird and the whole, I mean, the whole scene is weird. Like, you know, you came to the palace of gods to ask one god for his help, who's an asshole. What about the other gods? And why is it no, why are there just spectators at this point? No one's stepping in. No one's doing anything. Zeus's security is so weak. Like, they get taken <laughs> over by a couple floors. Like, well, I, I agree that it was a completely ridiculous character, but I don't think that was anything but the intention. And I think the it's meant to show, I guess, broadly, that all of these gods are really dumb, self-involved, and not at all interested in the welfare of the people that they're supposedly meant to be helping, right? They're proving God's point, that uh, God, Gore's point, that these are all a bunch of idiots who don't really care about anything um, and that they're self-involved, mm. cruel at times, and extremely indifferent. Whether they needed to go as far as that monologue from Russell Crowe is... Another point, but I think it is a consistent pattern that all the gods in this are portrayed as fairly silly people, and that is meant to reinforce God, Gore's point that the world is better off without them, that they don't care. In fact, they're probably cruel or at best indifferent to the suffering of human people. I did find some of it pretty funny, though, when he throws his lightning bolt around and it like comes up with an image of him and it just says, Zeus. Out of nowhere, I thought that was that was pretty <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> we'll agree to disagree. Also, King Bao or the Bao God, there was just a random oh. anime god in there out of nowhere. <laughs> thought it was pretty. That's funny. for the kids. Um, for the that kids. is for the kids. Um, yeah, look, I, I thought it was really ridiculous. Didn't need to be there. Um, I was surprised by how far they took that character, but yeah, I can't disagree that that went maybe a little bit too far, but it, it didn't really break it for me, but can agree with you on that. <laughs> the accent in particular, like everything he was saying is probably okay to me. It's that accent that took me out of the movie a little bit because I was yeah. like, what is he saying right now? Or what is this weird accent that he's doing? Whereas what was going yeah. on around him, I was like, yeah, ridiculous. That's fine. I can get behind it or I'm there for it. Yeah, no, nah, definitely, man. I think it definitely struck a chord with me. The accent just threw me off uh, mm. all altogether. And it was just a weird scene, I think. Yeah, I I do get your point about it's I'm finding it hard to just get my wrap my head around the fact that all the gods can just be all assholes. There's not one that actually cares about anything. Like so Thor is the best of the lot. Like Yeah, he, yeah, um, I think in the comic books that's basically the journey he goes oh, on. And okay. like and at the end you hear Zeus before he introduces uh what's his name? Um his son, um Hercules. Hercules. He's saying that oh yes. everyone's now worshipping Thor or all they care about is the god of thunder now. Okay. And it's because the god of thunder is the one that ultimately saved all of them. Um but yeah I, I, Okay. I think it was just trying to, it's comedic effect. Yeah. But it, yeah, it yeah. was, yeah. 
it kind of got lost. Yeah. A little bit at that point, I reckon. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, man. Did you, Dennis, did you have any quarrels with the scene or were you okay with it? What was your <laughs> stance on it? <laughs> it was fine. Loved it. Move on. No, I'm just kidding. Um, like really what did you guys think of the omnipotent city and stuff? Like, it was, did you think it was visually quite the actual city of the gods and all of that? Or not much time spent in it, I guess. So it's hard to, hard um, to get a feel for it. I wondered why they could just crash land in it and then just like wander around. And then all of a sudden needed to wear, um, like, Togas or whatever. Togas, yeah. I, I didn't quite get like. I, I, no. I mean, I get it. Mm. Like they had to wear, they had to be a particular type of god to get into the the arena, right? Um, but the premise of how they got in there was stupid. Right? I just, I, I yeah. didn't pay much attention to it because it was all just um, plot service. Like it was all, it all just kind of just happened, and there was no, there was nothing to it. Um, I did enjoy watching the background and looking at all the other gods that were there. Um, mm. yeah. uh, and uh, I thought it was really cool. Uh, would have taken, it would have actually been a fun project to sit there and actually visualize all these sort of pan- mm. different mixed pantheon of gods mm. and a lot of models in there that people spent hours on that probably didn't mm. get a single kind of like no more Spend than passing frame. Mm. Um, don't get me started on the CG quality of this movie because it's really bad. Um, but um, uh, Russell Crowe is one of those instances. It's like Thor Ragnarok where he calls his ship the Commodore, right? Only Australians or New Zealanders would know what a Commodore is, right? Russell Crowe's accent is like Nick Giannopoulos from Fast Forward or Acropolis Now, right? It's the 1990s, right? Con the Fruiterer. It's, right, it's like... Uh, I can't remember. There was like, a, is it um, uh, like Super Wog or whatever it was? It was like a TV show yes, with yes. a couple of guys yeah, walking yeah, around, yeah. right? Like you know, like that. As soon as I heard it, I'm like, yeah, this is what he's doing, right? He's bringing you know cultural reference here that no one's going to get or understand. Russell Crowe's going to get it because he grew up, you know, in Australia, in New Zealand, so he he knows what what's happening. And unless you were like circa 1990s teenager you're not going to understand what that accent even means to, to the people in this country and new zealand right like it, it it's a it's uh um it, it's a, an attempt to encapsulate something that has already been done exceptionally well and encapsulated 30 30 40 years ago right and it's, it's a bit of a throwback to that so listening to him, I cringe because I'm like, ah, oh, mm-hmm. this is what he's trying to do, right? And all you have to do is go back and watch Conda Frutera, right? Or anything from Nick Giannopoulos, right? Like, uh, yeah. you know, all the Wog Boys or whatever. And you will immediately understand what Russell Crowe is trying to channel through that accent. Um, because there's terms that he used, you know, a, a couple of days, right? Like a couple of days again, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll go and do it in a couple of days. Like that's Conda Frutera, right? Like, you know, it, it it's it was cheesy and it was gonna miss for a lot of the audience, right? Mm. Um, and it it wasn't he wasn't ap- he absolutely wasn't intending to be like doing a Greek accent. He was absolutely intending to mimic people who mimic the accent, right? And that's what he yeah. was trying to do, which is why it sounded so off. Um, 
don't, I mean, the fact that all, I mean, the things that were going through my mind were like, hang on, Zeus, Odin are actually the same kind of thing, just mm-hmm. different angles of the same character, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, uh, but being a pompous, narcissistic sort of wanker, right? Sure, fine, right? Subvert my, subvert my expectations, whatever, I don't care. Uh, the issue, the biggest issue I had was he had a lightning bolt weapon shaped like a lightning bolt. <laughs> that um, looked like a cheap prop, by yeah, the way. Yeah, it did. Yeah, right? Uh, by that time, I can tell you now, by the time I got to Russell Crowe, it was already over the movie in terms, and then yeah. my expectations were, would like, you know, come whatever mm-hmm. may, I was just like, just, just, I know what, like, whether it's, um, this or that, I was already kind of gone in my head. You know, that place that you can go to that saves you from pain, that's kind of where I'd escape to. <laughs> um, uh, you know, uh, so I, I, I kind of just like, yeah. But the question that burned in my brain was, why do all the other gods bleed gold except as guardians? They bleed blood red. Like yeah, humans. that's a good point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they showed that a few Fine. times, right? Yep. Zeus and the yeah, one at the yeah. start. Yep. With Any yeah, god yeah, that yeah. was killed yeah, in that movie know. bled gold. Like, why doesn't Thor have gold blood? I mean, he's a pure-blooded god. Yeah. Why didn't Loki yep, yep. bleed gold? Like, he's a pure-blooded god. Well, kind of, right? Oh, he's Actually, he's, yeah. his blood would be um, black. But anyway, yeah, that's, that's, that's another thing. Yeah. yeah. But, the, the, like, that... that um, but the the problem I had with Russell Crowe's character is he didn't actually die, right? Mm. Yep, no. The Same. problem that I had oh, with bunch of issues. Yeah, the the problem with Korg, he, he didn't actually die. The problem with mm. Ellie Portman's character, oh, the other Thor, yeah, um, didn't actually die. The problem with the daughter, didn't actually die. The only person that died <laughs> was Gore. But yeah. did he actually die? Do you know what I mean? We don't know. He won't be back. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so there's no stakes, right, uh, in it. No. Um, and as I said, like, uh, I know we were trying very hard not to get too passionate after we saw the movie, but we failed successfully over dinner. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, was he, he's, the stakes were really high. Gore was out for God blood. He was there. And, and look, you know, Crow's character came down and even admitted that he was scared, right? And that, you know, they may have to do something about it or whatever. But did every other god from every other pantheon, big and small, just go, oh, Zeus says it's okay. It's okay. I'm not going to do anything. Like, why did we not see some gods come down and go, hey, you know what? I'm, go- I'm with you, right? I don't need this, this sucker's approval. Look at him, he's a narcissistic, narcissistic uh, arsehole. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm here. Why didn't we see, um, you know, any other, like, of the war gods or uh, of any other gods, like, any other gods? I would have, I would have freaking even accepted that little bow character, anime bow character, that just <laughs> hop up and go, boom, you boom. That, <laughs> you know, right? Could you, could you imagine like, that little thing walking up to the goats, boom, ah, boom, ah, and they like, <laughs> have a report and they get along, you know? Um, 
like there's just so many missed opportunities here. Like first, yeah. you could have utilized the Guardian. Second, that there was easily, you know, tens of like over tens of thousands of gods in that arena. That there was it was full, huge. Why did not one step out? Even beyond that, man. So the God's point you bring up is a good point, but this movie, it missed out on so many opportunities because Marvel is really, I don't know, I'm starting to get to the point where they're not continuing things in the way which I think they should be. They had opportunities here. Like I think Dennis talked about like, um, we just saw Moon Knight. You know who Moon Knight worships? A God. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, he's, yeah. A, he, he's, he's possessed by a God. There's one. The other one was... Um, in the Eternals, and this is one that blew my mind why this one I wasn't brought in. Um, Just the Eternals Kino, were there. Rinko? Oh, the, the yeah. Eternals themselves. Oh, yeah, Eternals yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, Eternals. That's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. But I mean, from the from like the, the movie The Eternals, there's a character, Ringo Kinko, I forgot his name. The guy that's played by um, Kumail Nananji, uh, basically. He's a comedian and mm. he's funny. And he referenced, he referenced Thor in that movie. Because that movie was very separate from yeah. all of the MCU. But the one reference they had was him mentioning how he used to hang out with Thor when he was young. Why not okay. bring him in at this point and be like, hey, remember me? Like mm. we used to play around together. And you'd be like, oh my God, okay, this guy's here. There's actually some continuation. And he's powerful. And he's powerful. He was one yeah. of the strongest. But no, let's not do that. Let's just no. continue on this path. And, you know, Russell Crowe, keep doing your thing. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I, you know? I agree. It would have um, been a perfect movie to bring in... Uh, like they could have really started to tie in Eternals and uh, yes. Moon Knight because, like, you're right. Like, Conchu, he's got a freaking stake in it. Mm -hmm. Like, he's he doesn't want to be killed by Gore. Like, he's got his knight, Moon Knight. Yep. He's just gone and had this massive battle to preserve. All of a sudden, he's just gonna disappear. Well, at least now we know where the gods hang out when they're not possessing their avatars, right? <laughs> they're sitting around yep. having orgies. Um, <laughs> <God>. right <laughs> on, on Saturday night, I think it was. Um, <laughs> why is there a Saturday in uh, a city that is yeah all present <laughs> at all times? Oh, that's right. <laughs> this is what I want to know. Yeah. Um, uh, but I think I think you're right. You've hit a good point there. That that it, it was a perfect opportunity to start to bring in and tie in. The, the next phase of things because both Eternals and Moon Knight, right? Eternals wasn't my favorite movie, but I actually enjoyed it as a standalone movie. I didn't hate it as much as I hate mm. this movie. Um, and that's, sorry, it's the truth of it. Um, because <laughs> I hate this movie because it's a massive waste of opportunity. And I'll tell you, I'll, I want to talk yeah. about it at the end of my final thoughts, why, why, yeah. why I think this movie actually is. Um, yeah. But Eternals and Moon Knight, no. perfect opportunity to bring those in. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, they, they really miss opportunities and it's starting yeah. to lack. But yes, Sunny, um, what else you had to say about this project? That, and then yeah. What, okay. yeah, Sorry, yeah. Sunny. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> on the world building thing, I think one of the things I'm tiring of, though, is cameos in Marvel movies of other characters. I think they're just shoehorned in and sometimes they're a bit fan service y. So I actually appreciated the fact that this film didn't just shoehorn in kind of cameos maybe they could have had a proper role like how spider-man no yeah. way home did it right mm. where there was three characters cameos but they all had proper story arcs and delivered really well i kind of appreciated the fact that this didn't really kind of want to build a world it was a pure thor movie 
we weren't hurdling towards the next MCU film, which is what every MCU film is doing. It's hyping up Mm. the next MCU project. This was just, here's Thor, he's going on an adventure. We're not really doing anything much except introducing you to the fact that there's this pantheon of gods and there's a lot more of them than you think. But here is just essentially a standalone Thor film. And in that way, it kind of reminded me of phase one of Marvel, where there was just these kind of good kind of stories of individual villains oh, sorry, and heroes. Whereas now it's every Marvel movie has to have some cameos from other people in and it becomes a little tiresome for me. So I was, I appreciated the fact that they just kind good of point. Uh, talk yeah. in this one. They didn't mm. want to expand the world. They didn't hype you up to the next film. Yes, there's some reference to Hercules at the end. But, you know, that's just your standard Marvel. They were doing that since phase one where they tease someone at the end. And I'm not really that excited about Hercules, but I thought it was kind of nice in that way that it was just a standalone piece and they didn't seek to build it all together. But I do think that there is a broader point with phase four being completely disjointed here because I'm just not seeing any common threads between all of the movies in a way. Everyone's breaking the multiverse. Loki's doing it. Uh, you know, Doctor Strange is doing it. Spider-Man is doing it. It's, I, I've not seen the common thread and maybe they're going to put all, pull it all together with some big overarching villain. But mm. I think that is a concern I have with Phase 4 of Marvel, that mm. there is just a lack of... What does Kang think about it? What does Kang think? <laughs> yes, yeah, we don't know. We don't know. <laughs> no. Um, so, see, I think I'm on the other end now because I think it's getting to the point where I'm starting to... Because the thing is, like, I see this happen in... I guess maybe like other TV shows that they do, if they take too long between releases, you start to stop, you start to stop caring, you know? Mm. So at this point, like, you know, there was a movie called Shang-Chi, if you remember, that happened all the way back then. Mm. When is he going to appear again? What's he doing? And what's the point of that movie now? Like, yeah. you, like you sort of, you can't, the MCU, they can't really stand alone anymore because the way they've structured everything with the way things are. Unless you do like a Moon Knight show, which is why I think the shows can work um, on their mm. own. But the movies themselves, I think if they're not progressing things forward, this is the fourth Thor movie. So to yeah. have another standalone Thor movie just feels like it's kind of overkill for a character we've seen enough of. Um, and I think this so is think one I'd, of the... Oh, yeah. going, I mean. yeah, no, no, that's why I think for me, I would really, I would like them to have that connective string together. And because mm. it's not happening, I think I'm getting desperate for it because it's just like, if you don't start doing this soon, my interest in all these characters is going to start to wane even more and more. So I'm not going to rewatch other movies that come and remember what this thing is about. It doesn't make any sense. Like, Can I that's the struggle they're having right now. <laughs> in, in, cause I haven't seen Dr. Strange yet. I, I, I actually was going to watch it tonight after this, if I had time, yeah. but, um, uh, does that movie wrap up the villains or does it paint them as a continuous threat past this movie, that movie? Mm, I'd say to so the villain in that movie is wonder, wonder. Yeah. Wanda Maximoff. Yeah. So it, in a way, it closes her off, but she's way too big of a villain to be closed off. It was like, like the way they show her in that movie, and this is a good transition actually to Gore, um, which we'll talk about sort of next, is mm. the way they show her is super powerful. Like they demonstrate her sheer power on such a grand, such a grand scale that Doctor Strange is helpless, basically. Um, mm. You know, the, power, the most powerful sorcerer, powerless, he can't do anything against her. He puts it he does everything and it's so hard for him to do anything mm. until he resorts to all kinds of crazy stuff. But so it sort of it it sort of ends her, but not really, which is mm. kind of good because I it's so it is pretty similar to Gore 
in a way, which if Gore is not dead, I'd be happy in this because he's way too powerful of a <clears throat> villain to end so soon in this. Like this guy's meant to be a god killer. He's meant to be someone that's, you know, mm. honestly, we, we, we saw him kill one god in the opening scene. That's all. Mm. We saw him yeah. stab. Yeah. We saw him stab one guy to the throat, and then it's a bunch of Not dead bodies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, one thing I appreciated about Doctor Strange was that you know we saw how powerful Wonder was, and that was one of the highlights. Mm. Like, they're showing yeah. us how strong this person is. But in Gore, it's like, oh, there's the stories about how he's a killer, and we get some you know dead bodies that they show, and maybe a few fights. But he really he can't be at the end of the day. He sort of can't be one god. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of the shame thing. But yeah, what, what what do you guys think about Thor? And I hope I answered your question, Dennis, about Do- Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to, to, to sort of let Sonny go first for Gore. I've got, I've got some. <laughs> I might just finish off on the point of the connectivity issues. I think Marvel have got yeah, this huge course. issue now of having kind of so much content out there and how does the casual fan engage with that? Because maybe some of that narration stuff that, you know, is rightfully very explanatory, I mean, is for people who have not watched 29 movies and half a dozen Marvel TV shows mm. and maybe aren't following it very much. And so if you want to get them into this movie, maybe you need to, maybe it could be done in a more neat way, but it could, you know, that is the reason for it because some people are just casual Marvel movie. Marvel moviegoers who are not following it as closely as the rest of us. So mm. it's a tough line that Marvel are pulling now because yeah. they've got TV series, they've got a huge cat backlog of films to work through, and not but, everyone's going to watch it. So but, it's going to be hard to yeah. but get that balance right. Look, that's a really good point because uh, so for, for, for contrast, I, if I introduced my son to Star Wars. Yep. Yeah, we've got a lot of content to go through. Not just the three movies that we grew up on. Like, mm-hmm. it's a lot of content. Nine, nine of the core movies, two other movies. You've got Clone Wars. You've got Bad Batch now. You've got Obi-Wan now. You've got um, Rebels. And then that other silly one that they made, I don't know if I'm going to mention, um, that sort of sits between um, Jedi and, and Force Awakens with the crap. Um, but, you know, when because we're on Disney+, Plus, he's like, Oh, what's that? Well, like, what's that movie? I'm like, oh no, don't even bother watching that movie because unless you've watched 20 other movies, it's not going to make any sense. And he's yeah. like, oh, what is that? What if that looks really interesting? Don't worry about watching What If, which is actually by far some of my favorite Marvel content. Um, it's good because one. it's not going to make any sense here, right? Uh, don't even touch it. And he's like, oh, okay, no worries. And there's like so much content there that he's not going to even enjoy or, or begin to enjoy unless he goes back and watches everything in its turn. And Disney have now got things bucketed by the Infinity Saga or, you know, this or that. And I went in and there's like freaking nearly 20 movies in there in the Infinity yeah. Saga, right? <laughs> it's like, there's a lot. That's a, a lot, lot of TV time, right? Um, too much TV time that yeah. I'm prepared to give, uh, you know, a 10-year-old. Definitely. <laughs> now, I think on the connectivity issue, man, there's one point. They've got to really figure it out because it is, they don't want to, you know, if they do more story time stuff, I'm out. Like, <laughs> I, I, it's, it really sucked the life out of me, to be honest, to hear that sort of backstory as someone that's just, you know, has sort of been there through this journey. And look, it's not like there's a small proportion of people that have not been there through the journey, right? 
it's a large proportion mm. of people that have watched too much entire cork thing. as well in my book. But anyway, there is too much cork, too much tiger. There's um, like, yeah, an ego over there. That's, yeah, exactly. No, no. That's um. I think we've talked. You guys, um, do you have anything to mention about uh, gore, um, Dennis? Before we jump onto sort of the next stuff, okay. Um, all right, yeah, Gore. So, uh, first of all, awesome character, right? I really love Gore. Uh, mm-hmm. I think um, um, uh, Gore, for me, is a character that I think they should have built up over time, right? Yeah. Um, not to not, – look, I, I didn't mind his depiction, right? I'm pretty sure Chris Bell didn't want to be sitting there for you know, eleven hours, looking you know, um, like a, a Voldemort slash toilet <laughs> um, crossover. Uh, but um, I think I think they did well with his uh, with his with his makeup and you know the way he looked and he looked yeah. very kind of like um, you know the white with juxtaposed the black sword. Now I would have I would have hoped the black sword would have been bigger, just because the the weight and presence of that sword. Was not really brought forth. That sword's a powerful mother sword, and I mm. think the sword, like the ring out of Lord of the Rings, that sword should have been given a presence, like Mjolnir. Do you know what I mean? It is. Yeah. It's not the wielder. It's the sword that has the sentience and ownership yes. of the the destiny of itself. And there was no personality in that sword whatsoever. Right? There was nothing. No. Um, and I think they really failed on that part. Like mm. I did not connect with that sword as a dangerous entity at all. Um, If I was in charge of this movie, um, the way that I would have started this movie would have been the Council of the Gods. I would have had Zeus kicking off, discussing the issues of gods being killed, and I would have had panic, fervor, desperation. I would have had scared gods. On the run, I would have had gods panicking, doing stupid shit, and I would have brought Thor in, right, as the one who is present in his journey of self-discovery. He's there in the background with his hoodie on or whatever, whatever his freaking, you know, <laughs> cock rocker, whatever vest on, standing there in the background, you know. When Zeus calls forth for any god to step up to, to lead the charge to, against Gaul, no one steps up except for Thor. All right. Then Thor goes on a journey to get his people, all right, his team that he's always wanted. They always try and he's always trying yeah. to build a stupid team. All right. Would have been a great opportunity for him to build his team. He would have gone back to New Asgard. He would have met up with the new Thor who just, for whatever reason, they could have arced her in a better way, right? Um, and Definitely. whatever I can't remember the other character's name. What's the the Valkyrie? Valkyrie, Valkyrie's fine. Valkyrie, Valkyrie yeah. yeah, right. You know, could have got them. Uh, you know, uh, he could have called on Guardians, and then they could have traversed around the galaxy, just missing out on meeting Gore, meeting the people he's beaten, helping survivors, doing the Guardian thing. Building up this sense of darkness, desperation, coming close sometimes, fighting some of his like HP Lovecraft esque <laughs> minions, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And and really felt the panic, and you know uh, he could they could have 
they could have gone and saved a bunch of kids. They could have done all that kind of stuff. Don't even get me started on the kids. Let's not. Oh, I'm just not going to talk about the kids at all. Um, uh, uh, you know, and at the end, right? At the end, they could have had like a confrontation, but lost, right? Or mm. defeated him, but not utterly, right? Then they do the Empire Strikes Back after that, where Gore comes mm. back tenfold and just decimates them, right? And they are like whittled down, the gods are in hiding, everything like that. And then the third movie would have been, the, you know, the redemption arc where they find out his backstory, they, they use that to get to him, they use that to defeat him, they learn about his daughter, we learn about how he became Gore, we can empathise with him, but he's still the enemy. Then we meet Eternity and he's faced with a very real challenge that we actually give a shit about, right? Yeah. He's got two choices. One, kill all the gods or bring his daughter back. I didn't realise until afterwards and was thinking about it that the first option was even in crossing his mind. I thought yep. he was there only to bring his daughter back. Do you know what I mean? But he could have mm. just killed all the gods right there and then using eternity, which I think was his motive to begin with, I think. I, I don't know. Think so, I think so, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Yeah. So, yeah. and then, then you could have had a Thor movie, just a Thor movie, right? But as the stakes get higher, you could slowly introduce other characters, make them contextual, make them yep. make sense, write them in properly. Do you know what I mean? Because there's already a plethora of characters that we're already bought into, that we already love, that we don't need introductions for, that have already traveled yep. off world, that are used to flying around in spaceships, <laughs> right? Used to traveling into dimensions, mm -hmm. used to traveling through time, right? Like all that shit, they get it, right? They know it, right? They understand the stakes. They're in there. They're fucking the sleeves are rolled up and they're ready to fucking get it on, right? Like yeah. make it work. And you know what? Throw in some goddamn comedy for fuck's sake just to lighten the mood sometimes because that would be <laughs> really dark for three movies. Yeah. Sure, yeah. right? Yeah, have yeah. a bit of fun with it, whatever. Done properly, it could have been brilliant and gore probably would have been my favourite villain comic comic book villain of all time the yeah. sword the sword i love his depiction his powers how fucking scary he is like using the shadows like all that kind of stuff it pulls in all the things that runs fingernails down my spine right all the things that scared me as a kid all that kind of shit they could have played on all those fears no they just, yeah, they just missed, went to the toilet um, and walked away without flying. Missed opportunities. You know what I mean? It just, it yeah, was, yeah. I don't. So, and then, yeah. basically, on top of that, you got you got Christian Bale, right? Who absolutely killed it. Like, absolutely. Yeah, I great. can't say any yeah. fault with him. He was so good. And he was like in a different movie. That's yes. how good he was. Like, it was completely mm -hmm. off. Um, no, man, that, that, that plot you said is something that I would have definitely been more invested in, to be yeah. honest, because of when you say Gore the God Butcher and then. What other villains have we had in the MCU which have been killing gods? Mm. It's on another level. Like it's, you know, Thanos and beyond kind of thing, mm. you know, but you have him in one single movie where he's in and out. It's kind of like, okay, well, did you have to have anyone this big? Like we could have had someone probably a bit smaller or something like that, or you do what you said and make him 
continuing along and making one of the big baddies of the MCU overall. Yeah. Like he's the, it could have been phase four MCU. right there. Yeah, exactly. You, yeah. you could have different sections, right? Because if they want to have Kang, they can have Kang. They can have Gore. They could have someone that's more street level, you know, because they have all these different heroes in different places. Mm. But then you can have different gods affecting different areas and things like that. And that would be one way to do it. Um, so I would definitely be more invested in that. Like I don't have anything like really negative to say about Gore too much. It's more about just he didn't fit in this movie. Nah. Like you, his scenes were horror and his portrayal was someone that's broken and devastated. Um, and he's along with these people, you know, having love triangles with the, with the freaking hammers and axes, man. Like it just, it just doesn't mesh, you know? Um, yeah. also I uh, felt like the, his backstory was really not, is undercooked, you know, mm, it's basically yeah. just that one five minute scene at the start. And it's like, oh, you, oh, okay. So the gods are bad. Now they kill, you're not going to, um, you know, as I expected, I'm going to kill all the gods now. Like that's, mm. it goes from just, it just, Zero to 100, 100. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, without even um, exploring it, you know? So, the, yeah. no, like, and in, Thanos, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, Thanos, like, we know he has an ideology, and then we sort of, we're on the side of, like, is he actually bad or not? Like, you know, um, it toes that line. So, it's a complex, complex yeah. villain. Um, kill, <laughs> <laughs> um, Killmonger, right? In um, Black Panther. Basically, like, his people have been enslaved, they've been done wrong the whole life, so he has a reason to be angry, and he's psychotic. So we can see why he does that. So they have, that's how you build a villain and get behind it. Even like Vulture in the Spider-Man movies, like he was robbed by Tony Stark. So, you know, he has a reason to do this. Fine. His daughter was killed. I understand that. And that's a horrible thing to go through. But the way he was explored was not in anywhere near enough depth to Mm. have a villain of that stature to just be like, oh, you know, brush it off like it's nothing. Then we don't even see him kill any gods. So even the impact that's there is less. Because, you know, we see dead bodies, okay, fine. It definitely has less of an impact when you just see something laying down. Um, rather than even just montages of him just chopping some guys up might have been good. You know, they could have done mm-hmm. something to show us. But, um, yeah, yeah. so that's my issues with it. It felt out of place. Um, nothing with Christian Bell or the character itself, but yeah. the way Tycho put, like, you know, directed and did all this failed for me. Yeah, yep. I, I would say that... Okay. Oh, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. No, I was just going to say, I think that what you guys are saying is exactly how I feel about it as well, because this character feels incredibly significant in the comic book and he Mm. deserves a better arc than this. And in terms of what you're saying, Army, about he needs to, his backstory should have been built up more in the comic books. It absolutely is. Firstly, his mother gets killed by some like sand creatures as they're continuing to walk through this desert plain. Um, Then he has a wife who, you know, is pregnant and they're talking and then she just falls through a cave or the cave collapses on her and she dies. And then he rescues the baby from her and he's continuing to walk through, promising his child they'll get water. And then, you know, she eventually dies as well. Mm. So there is a character arc there of compounding ills all the while all the characters are telling him. Don't worry, salvation will come for us. The the night, which is I think their salvation or something, will wait for that and it will be all fine. So you get the gravity of kind of how significant gods are and the fact that they're yes. not heeding the prayers of the people. Mm. So you get that. And then the story arc itself of Gore is incredible because it is a little bit of Thor going around from planet to planet where gods are slain and looking at the carnage and being like, oh my God, who could do this to actual gods? And that kind of fear building up over time. And in the comic books, it takes three Thors, past Thor, present Thor, and future Thor, coming together to beat God, to beat Gore in mm. a fight. And this wow. and the series is quite dark as well because Gore's plan is essentially 
he kills a crapload of um, gods and enslaves the rest of them, all in the hope to create what's known as a god bomb. And basically his idea is to detonate the god bomb through the past, present, and future to kill all gods that have existed, currently exist, and will ever exist. Wow. Whoa. Just put them all together. So it was like an epic plot. And I don't know, you can't go down that plot. That's maybe too dark. But you certainly don't get the grandeur or the menace that God Gore has in the eyes of Thor and everyone else yeah. in this in this movie. And it was only a two-hour movie, so it's surprisingly yeah. short for a Marvel film in some regards. Yeah. yeah. It's two hours and like an hour and a half is just um, Chris Hemsworth doing comedy. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's no real time to fresh out what we're talking about. That is an incredible, like, mate, like, like that is like, does Marvel have source material? <laughs> you know, it's not like they have to develop original scripts here. It's yeah. there for them. And they chose, they chose this direction, which really confuses me. Um, probably that makes pe- me even more angry. I can imagine <laughs> this, this is the creative process. What's what's that under the what's that, what's that under the holding that chair up? <laughs> cool. Who's that? Some dude flicks through a couple of edges. Fellas, let's do this one next time. Who is it? Cool. Who's that? Don't know, but he looks all right. Kind of like Star Wars. They are brothers now, aren't they? Yeah. All right. We're not going to make him look like Pretty that, much. are we? Nah. All right, let's go for it. <laughs> Throws it over the shoulder, right? And that, they've, read, they've read the source material, you know. Pretty um, much, man. Straight into Tucker's hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. They, they could have done so much with this movie. And yeah, I think we'll basically look to sort of cap it all off now because we've gone through sort of all this stuff. Sonny, thanks so much for that breakdown, man. Like, I had no idea about the source material and the comic stuff. That's something that's really new to me. So I'm mm-hmm. glad to get that insight. Um, so we'll, we'll wrap it up now a little bit because yeah, this will become an epic episode, and you know, um, we've gone through a lot of stuff here. You know, this is not what I expected at all from this movie. This episode is so longer than the movie, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, it's getting pretty close to that. Um, so I'll, 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 go, I'll yeah. just go through the final thoughts. I had sure. one thing I wanted to get off my chest before, and you mentioned it before, Dennis. The kids, man, the kids. Oh my god, I'm sorry, but. As an adult coming into watch this movie, I don't, I did not really enjoy seeing a whole bunch of baby Thors going around and fighting. It's so there's this movie that's on Netflix called like We Can Be Heroes, which is basically kids, it's like kids who are X Men, basically. It's like basically taking the complexities of the X Men and making them as kids, and they have all silly powers, right? I don't know, maybe you've seen it, Dennis, with your two. No, I've seen yeah. that. Seen the preview for it on on the thing. Yeah, yeah, but so I've seen that, and it's it's not it's not great, but the concept is okay. That's what they did with this, and like one thing that really bugged me with this was so he has Zeus's you know prop lightning bolt, which he uses to give the power of Thor to these kids, right? Why was this power not used during the Battle of Thanos? <laughs> Why not go to the go to Zeus? Be like, hey, I need a lightning bolt. Take it off him. Who gives a shit about him? Um, realize he's an asshole. Then get his thing. Take get every single human in. Go to every rock concert there is. You know, go you know rock out with them. Then turn them into Thors. Go to Thanos. The entire population is Thor. You know, convert the Guardians because they're so useless as well, right? So <laughs> just you know, anyone that's not a god at Thor level, just make them all Thors. Mate, you could even go to the Inhumans. You could yeah. get the. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Everyone that's not a god, you know, Hawkeye, sorry, Wanda, no, 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 Wanda, but anyone that's, um, you know, not of that level. Yeah. So it just ruined it for me. Again, legacy breaking. Like, why would you do this kind of thing? And it show this to me now at this point and make me question everything that happened in the last phase of this. Hmm. That's one of my final thoughts. And just the whole kid angle, I did not enjoy it. I'm sorry. I, I, don't, I don't want to see kid superheroes. Um, it's, it's a very kid movie, like, you know, with the daughter and all that stuff. Like, no, not um daughter that dies. Like, the new daughter that gets taken. Like, it is the same daughter, but, you know, Uncle oh, Thor yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. And Love. I didn't mind it's that. Random. Yeah, but, I didn't mind that, you know, that interaction too much. But just it's a lot of, you know, spending time, spending time with children. I could tell because it's Marvel want to push that younger audience in, get the kids into what's because when kids see the kids, they might enjoy it more. Or something like that. Um, but yeah, that was sort of my final thoughts. So you guys can say whatever you want. Don't have to talk about that. Just, you know, get off whatever's on your chest or <laughs> anything like that. Uh, you guess anyway, I'll... <laughs> yeah. Um, look, a lot of negatives to this movie, agreed, but I still think it can be an absolute blast if you are down for the comedy. I think if you just take it as a fun film that isn't kind of trying to do too much more than just be ridiculous the entire time, Mm. it probably could work for you and you'll have a few laughs in it. So I think it works in some aspects. I also thought, and I don't know how you guys feel about this, I thought the romance was okay between uh, Natalie Portman and Chris Hemsworth. It was passable for me. I thought it was maybe even yeah. better than Doctor Strange and whoever his love interest is. I forget her name. Um, Rachel McAdams' mm. character. Yes. This felt sincere or it, it felt like they were able to bring Jane back and give her like a decent story and the romance felt like they kind of picked up where they left off. And so I think the fact that there's so much of this movie is a parody of itself or is lighthearted, I think at its heart it has a good heart in it i think there's all these characters are fairly likable thor is a goofball but i think he's a decent guy and i think taika kind of treats him as a quirky weirdo but ultimately quite lovable as well so i think overall has some flaws but i think still worth watching in the cinema because there'll be a few laughs in there that might make this worthwhile well look i have to say you (laughs) you have changed my heart on it a little bit but not my mind can I put it that's like that? <laughs> yeah. Look, that's fair. Right. I, I think that is Taika's thing. I think yeah. he's entirely a heart-based director as well. Yeah. He's about the feels yeah. like Jojo Rabbit, absolutely beautiful film. Again, very sentimental towards its characters. Mm. Um, you know, has quirky characters in there as well, but all of the characters have a level of affection for them. No one is sort of mistreated or used as a mere prop. And I think that also shines through despite the overwhelming goofiness of so many of the characters in this. Mm. Um, no, I, I, I agree when he, when he's in his domain, he does good stuff. Like, you know, I really mm-hmm. like what we do in the shadows. I thought that was very yes. funny and bringing yep. in yep. a vampire verse in that, if you haven't seen that, he brings in blade, he brings in, um, uh, her name's on the ticket, my, to my tongue. Um, there's a vampire movie, very good one called what we do, uh, no, only lovers left alive. And it actually has Tom Hiddleston and. Oh, Tilda oh, Swinton. Tilda Swinton, that's right. And yeah. she's Jimmy's there. Right. Yeah. And it brings in, like, all the vampires from his vampire verse, and he does it beautifully, right? Like, So in his domain, he does good. I think he's outside his domain. And I'm very scared for the Star yeah. Wars movie that's coming. Very scared. Because he actually asked if Natalie Portman would do the Star Wars, be in a Star Wars movie. <laughs> um, 
And so she's I'm, been in them. <laughs> yeah, and she said never again. Um, she said that yeah. for her mouth too, but yeah. Um, uh-huh. I think this movie is a uh, – we're not sure what we're doing right now with Phase 4 still, so we're just going to spin wheels a little bit. And I think this is just, just go do just, – just don't fuck it up. Like, just go do what you want. Just don't fuck it up. Kind of movie from Marvel to to Taika. They kind of they're, they're well aware of his of him and the way he makes movies and the things that he does. Like, this was a just go do whatever. Like, you know, Shuttles when you've you got an eight year old kid who's just yeah. like, Dad, 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 can I do this? Dad, 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 can I do this? It's like, yeah, shut up, just just go do it. I've got work to do over here, right? You know. And that's exactly yeah. what this movie feels like because, you know, when my son comes back with a drawing that he's done, it feels like this movie. It's like, what, what the hell is that? Like, what am I looking at here? Yeah. You're going to have to explain it to me because I'm trying real hard, but I'm just not getting it. Um, uh, yeah. And the creativity is beautiful, but there's not a lot of maturity behind the intent behind the idea. Yeah. But this is absolutely the movie I would put on in the background of a party because I think this movie mm. would really add the like a vibe to everyone getting drunk on mate, 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 and like piss jokes and you know, all that kinds of stuff, right? 100%. Um, yeah, yeah. But uh, I look, Sonny, you have changed my heart on it, right? Like I think you have, right? You have. But I, I still think that this is a, a very sad, wasted opportunity for Marvel to take and mm. make something great moving forward and without this i wonder what next for them because they're running out of big yeah. bad guys mm. yeah mm-hmm. that's true no no i think yeah sorry you probably have a little bit with the no i do agree <laughs> with you the romance was not too bad i'm um, like i mean i like natalie portman like as an actress mm. itself like she's in a lot of movies i like a lot so seeing her's always good just seeing her as a comedian was just off-putting because mm. you know she's done dramatic roles and she's killed it at that like you know mm. freaking black swan annihilation reef of vendetta like she's oh, yeah. you know taking these awesome movies and done really great stuff with them but you yeah, know i'm pretty confused as to what this movie was trying to do one fear i have is just that you know it is starting to get um like marvel are giving a lot of leeway to their their what you call it the directors which in a way is good but like it's starting to become like if you like taika you will like um you know if you like Taika, you will like um, Thor, Love and Thunder. If you like Sam Raimi, you will like Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. You know, if you like James Gunn, you like Guardians. I hope it doesn't become too much like that because then it becomes like, well, what have I seen of this guy previously? And then I might like that because of that. So that's one part which I'm a bit worried about. But yeah, look, interesting times for Marvel. Um, <clears throat> this year, for me, if I'm being honest, the missed opportunities and all the stuff I talked about, the cringy comedy, the destroying of legacies, um, you know, the, the treatment of the Guardians and the treatment of the, the Mijolnia and Russell Crowe, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> these, these also like the legacy. Yes. Yeah, you haven't even mentioned Matt Damon yet. Like, uh, I, come Matt on, Damon is a cameo. Just, I, I'm over, right? But it, it completely gone from my mind in, in compared to Russell Crowe's, like, presence in this movie. Yeah. Um, it's almost the as same, if you know, like, if you tell this, Okay, it's sorry. like you know, you if, if what's it called? If you tell the same joke twice, right? Is it going to work? If you ask, it's it's the, it's what they literally try to do with Matt Damon, like yes. you know, it worked the first time. Let's do it again. People loved it, and this time, like, silence. Like, isn't <laughs> isn't doing the same thing twice but expecting a different result both times? The definition <laughs> of like insanity. Insanity. 
<laughs> yeah, I thought I felt insane watching this movie, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but no, that'll be a wrap, man. That was a pretty big length episode. So if you hung around for all this, thank you so much. Um had a lot of good conversations here. Um that was brilliant. Fortunately, probably not that positive, but thank you to Sunit for bearing the pain. Flying the flag. Taking taking the hammer of um you know taking the hammer from me yeah. taking the axe from yeah. taking the um, axe from Dennis. <laughs> <laughs> no, you did good, mate. Yeah, I I, I didn't. I, I I mean, obviously, I didn't want to attack you, but apologies if I did. If I felt like I was, but uh, uh, no, I just shared healthy, something. We're healthy conversations. Uh, I shared yeah, something yeah. on uh, in the call chat uh, that if you've never seen, will change your perceptions of Natalie Portman. Full 180, because I reckon under hmm. the serious seeming veneer of uh, Natalie Portman, there is another Natalie Portman just wanting and uh, has been wanting I've... for a long time to come out. Um, is this the rap video? Yeah, oh, the SNL interesting. one. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah, we'll I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, she's 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 multifaceted. Um, yeah, yeah, no, she's she's she, she's great. Happy to have, to have her back, and we'll see more of her because she also didn't die. So. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no one dies. <laughs> yep. No one, no one, well, no one dies in the MCU anymore. The one person I wanted to to keep alive. <laughs> cool, <laughs> he's gone. He's dead. Yeah, yeah. Cool, but we'll wrap it up. Thanks so much, everyone, and we'll catch back. you guys next time. All right, take See care, you guys. Cheers, mate.